Welcome to the Deep Roots at Home podcast. For those of you new here, the Deep Roots at Home website was founded by Jackie in 2011. As a retired RN, longtime homeschooler, past Lyme sufferer with a love of preventative natural medicinals, Jackie has encouraged women for years now. Our desire is to spread truth and important information during these recent deceptive times, as well as the practicals of homemaking and all things beautiful. Whether you are listening in the car, while you're making dinner for your children, or sitting with a relaxing cup of tea, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Deep Roots at Home podcast. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I am here today with Emily Fort. Now, Emily has been on our podcast before. She's a wealth of information. And today we are speaking on a re- on a topic that is very relevant right now, as we're all so excited about summertime and getting near the pool and going to the beach. We're going to be talking about sunscreen, sunglasses, and vitamin D. And, you know, there are lots of differing opinions on sunscreen and sunblock usage. Um, you know, some still swear by it. Some some did it until they found out that most brands had carcinogens. Others have have, you know, taken the view that, my ancestors didn't wear it, so why should I bother? So we, um, you know, what should we believe about all of these um, different views about what do we need to use when we're out in the sun? And Emily has a lot to share with us, so I'm going to just turn it, um, you know, right over to her to give us some of her uh, thoughts on this. Sure. No, thanks for having me. I'm I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah, this is a topic that... Uh, matters to me. I have young kids and I live in Texas and I didn't grow up in Texas. I grew up um, in the upper Midwest where if you wore sunscreen, it was, you know, three hours a year when you went to the beach on vacation. So it wasn't something that we ran into much. Of course, I was born in the late eighties. And so the kind of the sunscreen, uh, I, I would say religion or whatever, you know, the, 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 just the absolute cultural saturation of you have to wear sunscreen if you go out of the house that wasn't as prevalent until, you know, the last 10, 15 years. And so uh, I think when I was a kid, it wasn't seen as so important. Well, then I married and moved to Texas and had a baby within a year. And the very first time I went to the beach or went out, you know, in the sun, I noticed that every other mom was just slathering. And I mean, it was, they took that shot glass thing very seriously. They took reapplying every few hours very seriously. And I was like, oh, I'm not from this climate, I, I probably had better research this a little bit. And I was already pretty crunchy, you know, we home birth and we breastfed and we did all the things. So I was like, well, I see everyone down here is doing it. So maybe they know something I don't. On the other hand, like when everyone is doing it, that doesn't always convince me, you know? So, and, yeah. and then there's a lot, a lot of moms I think that are like, that's not going to prove, you know, watching right. everyone do it is, it, you know, it's been a long three years, you know, that, that that's not a selling point anymore for us. <laughs> so anyway, I did a kind of a, right. I did kind of a deep dive. And one thing I wanted to say at the outset was uh, just a reminder that even uh, the official, you know, people that track these things agree that vitamin D deficiency is more common than most people think. In fact, in the United States alone, 42% of adults are vitamin D deficient. 50, and this, this blew my mind. 50% of children between the ages of one and five are vitamin D deficient. And 70% of kids between the ages of six and 11 have low vitamin D stores. 
So kids are dis you would think kids are outside more, you know, than adults in general. Adults are in offices, adults are sitting at their desk, adults are at work. Kids play outside, right? So they should not be, but no, they're actually disproportionately deficient in vitamin D. And yet you still so so that really surprised me. Like, wait a minute, like what are we doing different as a society that our kids are very low in vitamin D? And I'm sure your readers know, you know, many of the health benefits, your readers, your listeners <laughs> of vitamin D. But I mean, this is basic immune function. I mean, we're talking, you know, as we went through the last three years of, of COVID, you know, there was like a 12 times higher mortality rate in, in elderly folks that were vitamin D deficient. So for my family, we take vitamin D deficiency pretty seriously. We don't, uh, I'm, I'm probably a lot more worried about the lifelong consequences of lifelong vitamin D deficiency than I am about the statistical likelihood of skin cancer. And so that knowing that going into the discussion, when I went to research, uh, it kind of blew my mind to realize all these other moms that I liked that have wonderful kids, they mean very well, um, that there was so little concern about like, hey, why are 70% of kids deficient in something they should get just running around in the sun, just playing outside? And I think there's more than just the sunscreen factor more than just you know obviously there's uh obviously there's still factors of like our kids are in school from you know 7 30 a.m 3 p.m you know and and things like that there's lifestyle things that make our kids not get as much vitamin d but for purposes of this talk i wanted to talk over a couple of main points my number one point um was what's on you know there's kind of been in the last few years in the crunchy world like oh Sunscreen has bad ingredients, but then suns, you know, skin cancer is still a risk, but then like what brands are good and what methods of sunscreen are good and, and how do we like balance all this with our low vitamin D levels that, you know, disproportionately are affecting our kids. So I think I'm just going to jump right in there if you don't, Absolutely. don't mind. Yes. For sure. Okay. So there's, I didn't know this and maybe I'm, you know, it's one of those like today I learned things, but I didn't know there was much of a difference. Uh, between sunscreen and sunblock. And so sunscreen uh, blocks uh, UVB rays via a chemical, right? And so that's how it's, you know, when you see the word sunscreen, think chemical sunscreen. It, it creates a barrier on the, on the surface of the skin, but it also just blocks specifically UVB rays. And these products usually contain a chemical like oxybenzene, um, and in recent years, for the first time, after decades of use for the first time, there's been some questions about the safety of some of those ingredients. Now, a sunblock is something that has an ingredient like zinc oxide that is a, creates a physical blocking barrier on the skin, and that blocks both UVA and UVB. So you're, that's the whole spectrum. You know, you're getting uh, a physical product sitting on top of the skin that prevents the skin from absorbing UV rays. So when I was a kid, most products in the market had both, you know, some chemical, you know, oxybenzene or something, and also some zinc oxide. So they worked doubly. Um, but the, the difference is when I was a kid, SPFs, you know, that you purchased were 10 to 15, maybe 30. Now we're seeing, you know, it's far more common, the vast majority, I would say, our SP30 to start with. When you go buy that shelf in Walmart with you know 87,000 brands of sunblock and sunscreen, 
most of them start at like 30 and they go up to 50 or 60. You know, some of these are very much higher concentrations than we were seeing when I was a kid. And so that in 2021, so this is post COVID, this is just a couple, you know, 18, 24 months ago, this isn't very long ago, the FDA came out and, you know, theoretically their job is to govern what products are safe for us. <laughs> but they're, they're uh, they decided to do their job on sunscreen safety. And one of the things they found was that of all the ingredients, the chemical ingredients that have been used in sunscreens for all these years, only two ingredients, zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, could be classified as safe and effective. And this in the crunchy world, you know, it was like a bombshell, like every sunscreen people had used for, on their kids. And since, you know, I have nieces and nephews who'd use some of these sunscreens as toddlers and are now 15, 18 years old, they'd use these things for 15 years every yeah. time they went out. Yeah. Then they find out in 2021, oh, wait, <laughs> those actually, none of those ingredients have been tested for the uses that they're being used for. And when tested, it wasn't good. And so that was like, well, it's one thing to like have to throw the bottle away that's in the bottom of your beach bag. It's another to look back and say, I put that on my kid for 15 years. And that, and so that was, I think it created shockwaves in the crunchy community. And you know, all of a sudden some alternatives started popping up and, and healthier versions. But that's just, I just want to highlight that it was only in 2021 that the FDA acknowledged that half a dozen of these known, you know, carcinogenic uh, chemicals uh, should not be in sunscreens because they're neither safe nor effective. And it's it's basically only the sunscreens with that, or I should say sunblocks, with the ingredients that physically block the UV rays are considered safe. It is no secret that Jackie loves TRS, but some have asked exactly what is TRS? TRS is a nano zeolite spray that facilitates some amazing things. TRS does not heal anything, but it gently clears the body of toxins and heavy metals. So the body can heal itself exactly as God designed it to do. Why not get to the root cause instead of just applying band-aids? Excellent supplements and individual remedies can help, but they cannot help as much until you remove the root source of inflammation and disease. Detoxing toxins and metals is foundational to good health. TRS is safe for the elderly and for children as well. For more information, go to www.deeprootsathome.com forward slash TRS. So all those chemical-based sunscreens were actually using ingredients that you don't want on your skin. And I think if we want to be generous to them, to the manufacturers, you would say, you know, when these concepts when sunscreen, you know, the, the concept of this, like, let's protect our kids from skin cancer came out, they thought that these chemicals would sit on the surface of the skin and either evaporate, wash off in the water of the beach, pool, whatever. Um, it They didn't realize maybe until, you know, decades later that these things were actually definitely penetrating the skin. And so they weren't rigorously tested for safety because the assumption was they didn't pass through the skin barrier and into the body. And so that's not true now. We know that um, some of the worst offenders on the year, oxybenzone, 
um, octanoxate, octosalate, uh, homosalate, av avobenzone. I mean, these things are nasty. Many of these chemicals were found systemically in people after one use. They're finding it in organs. They're finding it in your urine. They're finding it, you know, in your tissue after one use. And then some of the worst, some of the, the worst three of those, um, one, one of them, avobenzone and oxybenzone, two of those, uh, actually, I think there's a third one, they are known endocrine disruptors. And so this is, I mean, this is terrible, terrible for parents that were thinking they were doing the best for their kids, love their kids, they're doing the best they can. It's hard enough to get kids to the beach or the pool. You know, we all know the bags, the snacks, the water, and you think, well, the one more thing, you know, you're just doing the best you can. And then to find out, oh, wait, you know, these chemicals are not safe. And further, some of the most popular are actually endocrine disruptors. And there have been studies now linking those top three ingredients, you know, the most common ones to lower testosterone in boys and, and um, other uh, breast cancer may increase the risk of breast cancer, may increase the risk of endometriosis. Like these are major health right. problems. Right. And, and at the same time, okay, so that just happened in 2021. But at the same time, the talking points about sunscreen and sunblock have just ramped up. We need higher SPF. We need to wear it daily. We need to wear it under our makeup. We need to wear it every, like it's part of your skincare routine. You wake up, you put on your sunblock or your sunscreen before you head to work to sit in a, you know, fluorescent lit office in the middle of, you know, downtown. It's just, it's bizarre. My whole generation, and I'm in my mid thirties, like we've been just like hammered. There is no amount of sunscreen that's too much. There's no amount of reapplication that's too frequent. There's no, you know, there it's the more is better. And you're probably not doing enough. <laughs> that's the that's the branding, that's the messaging that's hammered young moms. And so to find out that, oh, wait, <laughs> if you did it daily, as every two hours, you know, all this stuff like they want you to do, I mean the the current testing the current you know they're already finding it may increase your breast cancer risk your endometriosis risk your risk of low testosterone like these are massive and not very well studied like okay um one thing um i did research this a bit and of course you can basically google it and find all the talking points but just be sure that you disregard any news article or or a scientific study before 2021 because it was only in 2021 that the FDA did any study on this and found, oh shoot, <laughs> turns out you know we should have studied this 15 years ago. Now, is so this, but even in is this both sunblock and sunscreen? Because I'm a little confused on. That. No, that's fine. It's mostly the sunscreen, the sunscreens, the ones that have the chemicals that only block UVB. The only ones they gen they generally recognize as safe and effective were the sunblocks. Okay. So that's the ones that have the zinc oxide or titanium dioxide in them. Yeah. The physical, you know, when you put it on, it's white and, and yeah. kind of like makes a white, that zinc oxide is what's doing that. And I so um, zinc oxide incidentally is also what's in like diaper salve. And so that's the same. It creates a physical barrier on the skin to keep moisture out of a sore bottom. Well, it creates a physical barrier on the skin to keep UV, UVA, you know, UV rays out. Okay. So it's the same ingredient. Um, it's in shave gels, um, especially crunchy ones, you know, because it creates that barrier on the skin so you can shave smoothly. And so those are generally the ones 
that most parents would want to turn to is your sun blocks, but specifically you're going to want a pretty crunchy one that only has that zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. I prefer zinc oxide myself. Um, but one thing, so the, the whole point of this podcast is to say, what's the connection between, you know, obviously there's issues with the safety of sunscreen and then with some of the ingredients, maybe in sunblock when you're getting, you know, it might have zinc oxide, but it could have 10 other of these bad ingredients as well. Right. So, but then specifically for the purpose of this podcast, how does this affect our vitamin D levels? You know, right. do we want to be blocking the sun at this, you know, this consistently, this effectively, this frequently, uh, when 70% of our kids between, you know, six and 11 are deficient in vitamin D. Right. And so I did study a little bit, of course, when you, when you look for studies or meta-analysis, you know, meta-analysis is where they've compiled all the data from as many studies as they could get their hands on about a topic. A lot of them said that the risk of skin cancer um, they, they still agreed that the risk of skin cancer was so high that we had to, you know, we had to do the sunscreen and sunblock anyway, but they did, I did find, um, in recent studies claiming that the risk of skin cancer was higher than the risk of low vitamin D, they openly admitted in the, in the studies that the SPF they based their studies on was an SPF of just 16. And you can hardly even find one with that low of, of an SPF. So the, and, and the authors of that meta-analysis bragged, and I'll, I'll quote them here, this study systemically reviewed all experimental studies, field tries, and observational studies for the first time. So there is telling you, we've looked at all the data, and we don't think that you're, you have to worry about sunscreen or sunblock lowering your vitamin D levels. What they don't mention is that, well, to be fair to them, they did mention we're testing only at SPF 16. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. saying, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't block your vitamin D absorption, but we're using a third, the strength, or even 20% of the strength that your kid is using, you know, that I don't trust those, those meta-analysis and their conclusions, because that's not the strength most people are using. And, um, you know, you have to keep in mind how are 70% of kids in this extremely outdoor, <laughs> you know, prone age group, vitamin D deficient. So I'll kind of, I'll tie this together in a second with my second point um, to kind of like, what should a parent do? We'll, we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to vaccines, most mothers and fathers want to know facts, not others' opinions. Jackie wished she had known more facts when she went in for her first well baby visit. Because Jackie strongly promotes parental choice, she felt led to write a short treatise with personal facts. This vaccination ebook is pretty concise to allow you, the parent, to read, research into the studies she shares, and come up with your own decisions. Jackie's sincere desire is that you and your children thrive, and so she presents to you the vaccination ebook free of charge. Simply go to deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. So basically, I, I wanted to just um, get that all out there for parents, for moms, especially because they're the ones buying and applying sun, sunscreen and sunblock is they think that it's, you know, not affecting vitamin D levels. And they certainly don't think it's affecting vitamin D levels significantly enough 
to outweigh the risk of skin cancer. Now, but they admit that the the way they found that conclusion was testing, you know, a third of the strength of what you're using or even 25% or 20%. So I don't really buy that. And that that factors into my decision of whether or not to put any skin barrier, any anything on my kids when they go out in the sun. Wow. But we'll get to kind of my suggestions or what I decided to do um, in a little bit. There was one more point I wanted to make about sunglasses, which is, I mean, that if you had told people this 15 years ago, they'd have laughed in your face. When I was a kid, like how on earth could sunglasses possibly affect my health? Um, but they do. They do now. We know this, that the cornea, the outer part of the eye contains vitamin D receptors. So in essence, so just to, to make sure everyone's on the same page here, the way the body gets vitamin D from the sun is that it's it's sunlight mediated ultraviolet B comes into the eyeball and or onto the skin. And there's a conversion of, uh, it's called 7-dehydrocholesterol or something like that. I'm, I can't remember exactly, but it, it converts through this metabolic process into D3 in the body. So it comes in via the skin and the eyes, these receptors in the eyes tell the body, we've just received UVB, go through this metabolic process to turn that UVB into D3, right? And it, there's actually, a, it's like wow. a six step process. Wow. And so, right, there is a metabolic process involved in converting sunlight to the vitamin D3 that your body uses. And the eyes are part of that process. They're not the only part of that process, but they are part of it. There are vitamin D metabolites in the eye, in the retina, in the cornea. And so there are aspects then where I know people, I know men, especially um, truckers, farmers. I mean, I grew up in the upper Midwest. Every man I know wore sunglasses. You know, anyone who worked outdoors wore them all day long. And there's three main effects of that that we didn't realize when you know sunglasses solved a problem the sun is bright and it's annoying and i want to work uh hard and not have you know be blinded all day long but unintentionally there are some side effects of that the retinas and the corneas in our eyes are a hot spot for vitamin d absorption so yes there are other parts of your body that play a role in this but if you're wearing sunglasses all the time your eyes tell your that metabolic process Hey, we've gotten sunlight. You time to do your job. And so when you wear sunglasses, your eyes think, oh, it's overcast today. There's no sunlight coming in. There's no vitamin D work oh, to be done. And yeah, it's wild. Like if you'd have told people this 10 years ago, yeah. they'd have just thought you were nuts. But it's true. If you are wearing sunglasses, you have basically fooled the part of your brain that tells the vitamin D metabolism process to get going into thinking it's a cloudy day. And that creates a second problem, you know, aside from vitamin D absorption, you know, being decreased or the convert the meta metabolic process not happening as efficiently or to the same degree. It also really, it results in more sunburn. So imagine all the moms going to the beach, slathering their kids in sunscreen and laying there with their sunglasses on the whole time. You'll get more sunburn because when the sunlight hits your eyes, it, it affects it creates something in your brain. It creates a hormonal response in your brain. And there's a gland there that controls the secretion of melanin, you know, your skin pigment. And that gland is influenced by sunlight exposure. But when you wear sunglasses all the time, 
the brain says, we haven't been exposed to sun. We don't need as much melanin. And so you are more likely to burn because your brain doesn't know. Your, your eyeballs haven't told your brain, make more melanin. We're in bright sunlight. You know, and so you end up paler and you burn easier. And so it's a double whammy. You don't get vitamin D conversion to the degree that you would otherwise. You do get some, obviously, but, and you also get more likely to get sunburn. And so it's a double whammy of the exact opposite of what you wanted. You know, the third thing is you, and this is again, very fresh science, but your sunlight exposure in your eyeballs affects your hormones, your hormonal level, especially for women. Uh, this is, this is, everyone knows now that if you can get 15 minutes of early morning sunlight between eight and 10 AM is the general guideline that just 15 minutes of looking at the sun or getting, you know, going on a walk and seeing the sun gets a hormonal reset to happen. It's part of your circadian rhythm. It's, um, it helps you make more melatonin at bedtime. If you see the sun nice and early in the morning. And so wearing sunglasses all the time, you know, heading out the door to work, babe, see you later. Sunglasses uh -huh. on, you know, all these husbands, all these, you know, um, going on a walk, going on my exercise, going on my jog, going to wear my sunglasses the whole time because it's, you know, the sun's coming up and I jog towards the sun. It's like, that's the exact opposite of what you want to be doing, right. especially for women, especially, you know, it's like, this is sunglasses are not something that I would recommend kids really ever wear because of some of these reasons. And um, unless they're gonna be outside, you know, like if they're doing hard work and they need good vision, sure. But it's if it's literally just a comfort thing, you know, oh, the sun is bright, mommy, I don't like it. Let right. their eyes adjust. Let they, and I wouldn't, I personally never, I used to have, you know, back when Jessica Simpson in the, in the 2000s, you know, big, huge sunglasses with the rhinestones and the huge white frames. And, you know, that was like a fashion accessory fad when I was in my late teens, early 20s. And I had 10 pair of the coolest sunglasses. And I haven't worn a pair in five years for even a minute because it's like, well, is it really that uncomfortable? And when I know it has these other effects, it's like, right. I don't really need I mean, if you're driving in the sun, it's not safe. That's one thing. Right. Or, you know, if you're working in a field or you want to keep dust out of your eyes, you know, because of, you know, you're out working in that way. That's another thing. And obviously safety glasses for safety situations. I'm not saying right. anything like that, but it's more when you think of the average mom's summer experience, and we're just taking the average here. And right. you think of going to the pool, going to the beach, going to the park, um, the decision to do sunscreen and wear sunglasses uh, will have an effect on things that you're not intending it to have an effect on. It will have an effect on your vitamin D levels. It will have an effect on whether or not your kid sunburns, uh, things like that. So those are two main areas where the prevailing science and the prevailing talking points put out by these corporations that sell sun sunscreen or put out by just well-intentioned medical people who didn't, you know, who didn't research, you know, what all these chemicals do beyond sit on the surface of our skin, those talking points are just not, not accurate. <laughs> and so um, you'd want to, I do a little more research in this area. Um, vitamin D is something that has a really long half-life in the body. So, uh, and I think that's, I'm a Christian. I think that's God's design. I think that these bright summer months are when our kids are storing up the vitamin D they need 
to get through what we now call flu season and to get through um, all the things that come around, you know, in the fall when they're less active, not as outdoors as much, you know, they're sitting in their desk at school or even, even just homeschooling. My kids aren't as active during the school year, you know, physically as they may be during the summer. Like right now they're outside right now. <laughs> so um, when you're losing that powerful vitamin D giving sunlight, and especially in the north, you know, the northern half of the country, um, this is their time to be getting that vitamin D. And the vitamin D lasts in your body weeks after you've even a supplement, even taking a vitamin D supplement, that vitamin D, the half-life, some of that vitamin D you took two weeks ago will still be in your body. And that's the same way. And I think God designed it that way. We get sun during the summer, you know, and we, and we don't, you know, we don't get access to that kind of sunlight in the winter. And so I think that's God's way of giving us vitamin D stores and part of storing that up and building that immune system. And keep in mind, Vitamin D is an immunoregulator. It keeps the immune system from ramping way too high either. So these kids with chronic, you know, um, chronic allergies and things like that, 70% of them are also vitamin D deficient and vitamin D is an immunoregulator. It helps the immune system downregulate if it's gone, you know, berserk on histamines. It helps, you know, so it's, there's a lot more here than you could die of skin cancer. Like, well, right. so I, to just to summarize, um, I want to, um, like, what do I do? You know, so I'll just tell you what I do and what some of my friends and, you know, family members do. And keep in mind, I live, um, just, you know, parallel with Dallas, Texas. So it's very hot here, very sunny all the time. I would say some of it is common sense. If you're not used to sun exposure, um, you know, if you're on vacation and you live, you know, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and you fly to, to, uh, you know, Corpus Christi for vacation or whatever in the middle of January, that's a situation where your skin has not had a chance to, you know, kind of acclimate to the higher UV rays. And so I would, um, I would carry along a healthy version of a sunblock. If you're going to be in the sun, you know, seven hours, even four hours, if you're going from very, very minimal sunlight to a lot and very suddenly, I would take a zinc oxide based sunblock. Um, and I, I don't work for Earthly and I don't know those people at all, but they have um, an oil-based, I think it's called Sun Guard. And I have that for my kids. You do need to apply it 20 minutes before their sunlight exposure. It's not like at the beach where you spray it on right there and throw them in the water. Um, I always put it on my kids before we drive to the pool or before we drive to the splash pad. Um, and it's it's an oil-based thing. And it's I think it's carrot oil and several other oils. And... Um, they sit topically. You don't have to worry that you're going to get, I mean, they are seed oil, some of them, but you don't have to worry about those penetrating the skin. Cause it's not like, you know, some of these, these, uh, chemicals. Right. Um, right. and also, also, um, so there's the common sense aspect. If you're going from no skin and sun exposure, definitely bring along a substitute, <laughs> a, a version of sunblock that you're comfortable with. Uh, I prefer earthly or I prefer my kids get, you know, the minute it's spring, which in Texas is like late February, uh, they're outside an hour or two a day so that they're always, their melanin production is keeping up with the sunlight they're being exposed to. So that here, when it comes to mid-June and it's going to be hundred degrees every day and the sun is very powerful, um, they aren't burning ever, basically, <laughs> you know, they, they, they don't do burning. And um, one thing I do a lot if we go to the beach is I always thought, gosh, what's wrong with these moms? When I first moved here, again, from, from the upper Midwest, I thought, what's wrong with these moms putting their kids in these long sleeve shirts? 
But now my kids, if they're going to be at the beach six hours, they wear a sun guard outfit. And that's, I think that's common sense. And that's more in line with what our ancestors did. They didn't slather chemicals on their skin and they were outside working all day. So were their kids. They wore clothing that covered more of their skin. Like we don't have to have our little boys running around in, you know, five inches of of a, of a swim trunks and their whole upper torso exposed to to UV. So I do put my kids in sun guard clothing when we're going to be in the sun for you know, three to four hours, or especially on, in a beach situation or a splash pad. Um, and I, I think you can use some wisdom here. And how is the body designed to work? What's the common sense that our ancestors used, you know, and what is the safest sunblock I can buy? And I might have to research two or three brands. There are more options on the market now than there were when I did my deep dive on this. So um, I would just say, maybe rethink right. the instinctual I get to the beach I slather my kids and every two hours we slather again yes absolutely well this has been absolutely uh mind-blowing for me I have been um I've known for a while that sunblock sun sunscreen I should say I've I've had a lot of caution about it but I haven't really known what to do about it and it's been one of those things that has um, definitely been on my mind over the years. Um, but this has given me a whole nother, I, I had no idea about the sunglasses and the, this has just been fantastic information. I feel like it has maybe equipped um, some of our moms with some of these women that are listening um, and the guys too, equipped us with more knowledge on what we can do about this um, instead of it be this, you know, Concern without facts. You've given us a lot of facts to consider. And I really, really appreciate that. Before we finish, I just want to um, give a little plug for you, Emily. We have um, had you on the show before. And um, if you have not listened to the other um, times, if our listeners have not heard your other podcasts, I would encourage them to go do so. Emily actually has a company. Um, she's partnered with a company called CV Protocols. And so she has an all-in-one supplement um, that works for for the whole family um, that is an immune-boosting supplement for, um, especially for the flu season. Um, It was specifically developed during the the COVID times. um, So I would encourage you to to look into her her supplement company, and we will put the link to that at the bottom of the show notes here today. We uh, have to wrap it up for now. But I just want to thank you, Emily. Thank you again for sharing your wisdom with us. Um, It's been, again, just mind-blowing and just a blessing today. No, not at all. I'm always happy to come on. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Have a great rest of the day. You too. Bye-bye. In these troubling times, it's no secret that we are being censored. It's getting harder and harder to spread the truth. Facebook is throttling us, and we don't know how much longer we will be there. Here are a few things you can do to stay in touch with Deep Roots at Home. Firstly, sign up for our newsletter. Jackie sends out exclusive, important content to her readers. The link will be in the show notes. Number two, consider making Deep Roots at Home your homepage in your browser. Number three, print your favorite Deep Roots at Home articles and place them in a binder to have on hand in case of emergency. And finally, follow us on other social media channels. We are now on Telegram and Gab and soon Truth Social. Jackie's greatest desire is that God would be glorified through these dark times.
Thanks for joining us on the Deep Roots at Home podcast. We pray it has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and as you serve your family. Could you do us a favor? If this has blessed you, could you help us spread the word by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends? And don't forget, we have lots of great links in the show notes that go along with today's podcast. See you next time. Thank you.